You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where every instrument is portable. At the top of the hour this hour, unearthing acapella straight edge. At Noisy, one of the Vice sites, David Anthony has written a long-form piece about Judjud, an acapella straight-edge hardcore band that seemingly came and went in the 80s and 90s. While together, they recorded albums, opened for groups that became legends in the hardcore music scene, and then disappeared. Anthony details the band's history and evolution from parody to real thing, as well as his detective work along the way. There's plenty of vintage and hard-to-find media in there as well. It's a corner of acapella that doesn't get a lot of notice. Check it out over at noisy, N-O-I-S-E-Y dot vice dot com by searching for the story of Judjud. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. Today, I am joined by one of the members from Ball in the House, Dave Juicy, am I pronouncing that yeah. right? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Oh man, I always <laughs> I, that's job. that's a big thing for me is pronouncing names right before the show and on the show. Of course, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It is a huge honor to have a member of Ball in the House on Tacapella. Oh man, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. Absolutely. So, so um, Dave, as we just dive in, could you just give people a little mini history on just what? It is you have done an acapella about Ball in the House, your acapella musical career. Just for the people who might be tuning in who haven't heard of Ball in the House before or who sure. have and they just want to hear more about it. Yeah, so Ball in the House, we're based out of Boston. Um, we, I've been in the group for 20 years now. Um, we've been full-time for, we're coming up on our 17th year where we've been doing it. You know, we do about 250 shows a year, so we're, um, we're pretty busy. But it started with... Um, Myself and Johnny, our beatboxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we met at a boys' choir school way back in the fifth <laughs> grade, believe it or not. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, yeah, man, we grew up in the same part of Boston and we became really good friends because of this music school. And, you know, quite frankly, it was just a free education for a free private education for our folks. And both of our folks were, you know, blue collar workers. So to have a free private education, they yeah. said, look, you're going to this music school. And so that's kind of where we met. And, um, you know, we hooked up again after college and, you know, I was singing at church and Johnny was um, singing at the school and um, he was teaching lessons and stuff. And he ran into me and, and he's, he was in Balm House. He started it and then he mm-hmm. I auditioned. And so my first day at Balm House was uh, January of 97. And wow. it's, uh, yeah, it's been nonstop ever since. It's been crazy. It's just been a crazy ride. Oh, man, that's so great. And I think what's really nice just for me hearing about this. I'm only 24, so I would have been, uh, and I'm going to be 25 soon. I was five years old then when you would have joined yeah. the group. And um, what's really cool for me to hear about that is like that acapella is a very lifelong thing. Cause I think right now with, um, and I love pentatonics and I love pitch perfect and I love all these sure. things, but it can be very seen as kind of like only like, um, you know, like college kids that can be seen as like that. Those are the only people yeah. who do acapella. And it's also really inspiring in the sense that a group like ball in the house was going way back then before, 
you know, some of these little booms we've had, and especially with the one kind of started in, you know, 2010 and where we are now with the sing-off and whatnot, it's, it's really cool that we've had, there's this through line with ball in the house that, you know, you started, you were in the group back then it's been going for a while, 20th year, and it's been through it's, you know, it's still been going. I start, I've started two acapella groups just at my uh, schools I've been at, which has been fun, but, uh, were it not for the current acapella kind of boom, I don't think I would have done that. So it's really cool that a group like ball in the house has been there from like essentially the beginning. I think that's something uh, you all should be so proud of. Yeah. You know, we are, I think, you know, early on, you know, when we first started, it was just going to be a part-time gig Mm -hmm. and we were doing a bunch of free street performing in Boston. That's how we got our start. And you know how it changed was this guy and his wife, they were watching us. They came by all three sets and then they talked to us after and he ended up flying us down to um, Florida to do a corporate show for him, for his company. So yeah, so like he gave us a couple thousand dollars, paid for our airfare and our hotels, basically treated us like, you know, like rock stars. And I'll never forget it. We did the gig. We actually street performed down in West Palm Beach for a little bit. Sounds but we so ended cool. up sitting, you know, we ended up sitting around the pool and we said, you know, we should try to do this mm-hmm. like full time. And so we started talking about it. And one guy didn't really want to do it, but everybody else was on board. And we figured like the only way we could do this full time is we had to start writing original music and we had to and we had to start just like thinking outside the box and, you know, start recording differently way back when, you know, the stuff yeah. that you hear now, you know, um, we had a CD out called The Way It Has To Be that had mm-hmm. everything that's happening now, but yeah. 20 years earlier and the acapella community kind of wasn't ready for it. So it was really tough for us early on. Um but yeah, and so then we started getting into schools. We got a couple of agents, and then next thing we know, we're booked solid, mostly on the East Coast um, and mid-Atlantic mm-hmm. states. But then we started branching out to Midwest, and it was crazy. It was just a crazy, crazy ride, and it was a lot of fun. So, and it still is. You know, it still is after all these years. So yeah, it's all it's awesome. It's a great life. It's a tough life, but it's a great life. Yeah. If, could you give us a little insight into like what is now that we know a little bit about how it all kind of came together? What is like your what is your year like? You know, you're booked with performances or what even just is like a day like and being in ball in the house, you wake up in the morning. Are you you know, I've heard bits and pieces from other groups about, you know, all this time on the road or flying or doing all this stuff. But I'd love to hear what is it for ball in the house? What is your what comprises your career? Essentially, what are you spending your days doing? Well, you know, it's really important for the five of us to to do a lot of work outside of stage. You know, the stage part is the easy part. The performing yeah. is is the fun, but it's that the, the business side that it's it's so important for us to do. So for me, it's making sure that all the gigs are um, routed out. Make sure we have hotels. Make sure I've reached out to all the contacts you know, to when they should be expecting us. And so we all have our different jobs in Ball in the mm-hmm. House. Like Wallace Wallace and Monty, they do all social media. Yeah. Uh, Monty Monty advances colleges. Johnny is in charge of the whole schedule, working with all of our booking agents. Um, so it's very much hands-on. Um, and that's a lot of the stuff that people don't see. Like, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, when we were starting out, we didn't have the sing-off. You know, we didn't have like where you could get some, you know, TV time and then, 
have yeah. a million followers. Like we had to do it grassroots, you know, hit the ground and really hump until we could get enough people to sell out a 300 seat venue. And so that's what we were doing early on. And so we didn't have the, the luxury of having you all know, the TV resources. Time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm thinking about um, what I first saw this thing off when it first, uh, I, I actually started on the second season and I remember I was so pumped on it. I got really into acapella and I'd already been a little bit before. And then I went on Amazon and bought like uh, two acapella books, one by the acapella blog and the other was, um, sure. yeah, I can't remember the other. And I think that just says something about, it. I'm just sitting there over winter break in my room reading about how do I do, how does acapella work? How do I run a group? How do I do all this stuff? And that says something about the difference in times and what a luxury that is for me that I can just, um, now and everyone can now, you know, I can just go on a Facebook group. I can read a book. I can talk to so many contacts about, Hey, how do I do acapella? And I mean, that's, I, I think people need to realize how, how privileged we are that we have all this, um, all these resources to create our visions, but it's also so cool that, a group like ball in the house still like without all these things, like was still able to make it. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we always just tried to surround ourselves with a good team. Mm -hmm. Um, and the only way we were able to do it is if all of us was going in the right direction, going in the same direction, you know, because, you know, every time someone leaves, you know, it really sets it all back eight, 10 months because then you have to, you know, yeah. it's just really tough. So you got to make sure that you can hold the group together and that you're all just really invested and really passionate about making music. And, um, and we still are, it's crazy, man. So the five of us together, we've only been together for two years mm -hmm. and Johnny and I, you know, whenever we have, um, new people come in, we get, re-energize you know we get really excited so it's almost like it's a new group you know even though it's been 20 years we're still just really passionate about you know what we're doing so it's it's fun man we're so lucky we're so blessed yeah. like honestly we are just so blessed to be able to still do it and still keep making mm -hmm. music you know it's really cool yeah again I, that talks to the whole idea of acapella as a lifelong art but i also think the idea of having someone new come in to re-energize a group. That's something that I've uh, really seen because my, um, the first acapella group I started, uh, the Timbermen at the University of Puget Sound, it was, it's, it was and is still a five-person group. And that's a very unique um, kind of rehearsal dynamic. It's a unique group dynamic in terms of like, it's, I, I remember I had a acapella episode where we, me and one of the other members, we just sat down, we talked about like, what is it like when you, are in that really intimate kind of setting as opposed to a larger group. And I'm in a larger group right now, Mountain Horns at CSU, and I love it. But the dynamic and how I just, there's definitely a very different dynamic between a very a large ensemble, my current one of 13 versus my old one of five, not just in how I rehearse or how we decide who's on what part, besides the technical stuff, but just in how we relate to each other and how yeah, we like i i think very much when i was in the group of five at the timberman I, I thought very much in terms of individuals and i'm relating to my friend danny i'm relating to my friend greg and like 
there was a very a very clear sense of like okay these are the people I'm with whereas with Mountain Horns which I love so much but it's very different as a 13 group it's just a different mindset you go on about how you relate to each person I'm not thinking as much about in Mountain Horns I'm relating to Jared here I'm relating to Tim here or whatever yeah, I'm thinking sure. about the ensemble as a whole and that as a unit rather than five individual singers coming together as a unit if that kind of makes sense Sure. You know, when we would audition people, when people would leave, Mm -hmm. we'd have to, before we would hire anybody, we would go on the road with them Mm. because it's really, it's so important to, to make sure you get along like off stage, because I got to tell you, man, if you don't, if you don't, if you're five people in a group and there's friction between one or two people, you Mm -hmm. can totally feel that on stage. It's that thick negative oh and it's so it yeah it's heavy i had that i had that it's not fun at all Mm, it's the worst and thankfully we've had very little friction over the years but the five of us now like we truly love each other like brothers Mm. like and we always hang out they're funny guys they're caring guys um and we're all very different like Mm -hmm. different backgrounds uh different everything and you know especially in today's climate you know we've learned from we've learned to listen to each other and Mm -hmm. you know and just just really love each other and i think it shows on stage because we get so excited to perform and give that to the audience you know be to be able to give that away man that's a blessing and it's yeah and so now we're at a point two years in that we're just we're starting to hit our stride and it's so much fun and everybody's still super excited about the project. So it's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> that good. sounds great. And I, I, I know what you mean about the, um, I mean, one about the friction, but also about when it really clicks, how that comes through on stage. Um, earlier years of Timberman, honestly, um, I was in it for a total of five semesters. Cause just of when I started it, the first semester, it was just, we didn't know really what we we're doing, trying to get off the ground, but the first two really active performing semesters, there was really some difference in kind of what we wanted the group to be in terms of ideology, in terms of also just like, do we want to hang out with these people outside of rehearsal? And I didn't really get there until my last two semesters in the group. We just got along really well, just relating to each other, not just in terms of music, but in terms of just like, hey, we naturally enjoy spending time with with these other people i think it's really an issue when people look only at the musical side of when they're bringing in new members because you have to because they think okay well if we don't click with them we'll just you know it'll be fine it's about the music but how you click with them affects the music like on a deeper level and how it comes through you know what we say is and we're always saying this and we say this to when we work with you know high school groups or college groups we say look in order to tune on stage you have mm-hmm. to tune off stage. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. You have to learn to love each other. I mean, and just respect each other mm-hmm. um, for our differences and our, you know, what we have in common, but everything. And then when you're able to really respect each other off stage, it just brings your performance to a whole different level. I mean, it is so cool. It's a great feeling. For yeah. Sure feel like that's kind of like a sense of trust in terms of like, yes. uh, and especially in five people, especially in when yeah. one, on, one on a part, like I, my last semester in Timberland, when we had those five, when we were all clicked, it was very much like, I 
am good friends with this person. I like one of them was my housemate. I lived right, you know, our rooms were next to each other. I trust that this person, because we've talked about it and we connect, he's going to sing loud enough to give me my, my cue for when I have to come in. Whereas with someone else who, um, was, you know, in the group who we just didn't jive, it was a sense of, I need to be on my own and I need to be self-sufficient, which yes, everyone does need to be self-sufficient to a degree, but you have to like be co-self self-sufficient. That doesn't even make sense, but you have to relate to the other people and trust them that they're going to be there for you. And that what you're trying to do with the song and the emotions you're trying to portray and all the musical coordination and vocal athletics and acrobatics that they're on that same level with you and they understand it. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, um, the audience picks up that stuff. Yeah. Like it really does, even if it's, you know, self like subconsciously, mm-hmm. yeah. they pick up the vibe that you're, you're, you know, the, as performers you're giving out. I mean, for sure. I mean, when you're able to really trust and love the people on stage, it puts the audience at ease Yeah, and they can just kind of just, because, you know, in the end, it really isn't about you. Like we always say, it's not about us. It's about the audience. You know, they're spending their time with us. They're paying money to see us. So, and they might've had a, just a horrible day or they might be going through stuff and they just want to escape into our performance. So it's our job. Like it's our mission. It's our calling to like take them to a a different place and make them feel at ease. So it really isn't about us. It's about the people you're singing for. Yeah, man, it's, you know, and it's so simple. If you, if mm-hmm. you think it, think about it like that, it's just, um, but it's, you know, sometimes when you're artistic and you're, it can be very selfish too. Yeah. you know, I want, I want my originals done and mm-hmm. I would, I don't want you to touch my arrangement. And so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's a really tough, it's a tough balance. Yeah. And, and if you can strike it, it's the most rewarding feeling like, and so we've been, we've been blessed, man, like for sure to be able to just keep going and keep having fun, like just having a ton of fun. So, yeah, absolutely. We're having fun. And then the audience has fun with us and we all get relayed on a deeper level where you're just happier and you're enjoying yourself more because of something on stage with connection with the group. And because they're more connected to each other, you're more connected to them as a whole. It just all, it all, you know, it's, you have to have a healthy ensemble for all this to work. Um, that's what I see in some groups, don't see in others. And it sounds like that's exactly yeah. what you have with a uh, ball in the house. And uh, I can think of no better way to wrap up this first segment here uh, than with that kind of message. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to listen to our very own Michael Wingate. Give us a little bit of a tutorial in his beatbox corner. We'll listen to a tune. And then we're going to be right back here on Talk Acapella with Dave from Ball in the House. And we're going to be right back. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. Hey everyone, Michael Wingate here, and I'm bringing you another beatboxing tutorial for Talkapella. Uh, I've just been informed lately that my segment will now be called Beatbox Corner, so that's cool to have an official name and everything. So the thing I wanted to talk about today is breath control when uh, doing vocal percussion or beatboxing and little techniques here and there 
uh, as to uh, help with that. So the first thing I want to bring up is actually something in a tutorial I did a couple weeks ago, and it's a version of a snare to do called the inward K snare. That is an inward sound, and that's the cool thing about it is that it is an inward sound. So um, when doing a beat like I can essentially do that forever because I am breathing out uh, when doing a more breathy kick drum, the and I am breathing in when doing the inward uh, K snare. So the first thing for breath control is. Uh, certain sounds will be able to either give you an outward breath or an inward breath and putting them in certain beats will uh, really help with that and make sure that you have a constant stream of air going in and out as to make it uh, so that it's like a natural flow. So uh, the inward case scenario I know for beginners is definitely a harder one to get, but if you uh, listen to that tutorial or seek out other tutorials online, and you start getting that little that little click in the back of your throat, and you can refine it more into, and you start using it more in beats, uh, that is definitely probably one of the biggest ones that I can say helps with breath control because it is a natural inward sound to use. On to another thing that you can do is um, when doing uh, PFT snares or you know BSH snares, however you do it right now, However you uh, do that, uh, when you put those in a beat, you can do an inward breath right after your PFT snare. So, you can, you can hear the that I'm doing after uh, like every other PFT snare. And because in that beat that I'm doing, Those are all outward sounds, so you either need to sneak in some breath in between through your nose, or you can put it into an actual sound in your beat and make it more fluid. Um, you can also, like, especially like if you're on a mic, you can definitely sneak some breaths in in between your patterns, like through your nose and stuff like that. Once you start developing patterns, you'll be able to get a sense of like, oh, I can sneak in breaths here or there. But let's take this tutorial, I'm giving you specific sounds and ways that you can work them into uh, your vocal percussion. So definitely in case snare, one of the best ones. And then you can use inward breaths that kind of sound like reverses or hi-hats in place of hi-hats or right after a PFT snare. And it kind of gives it a different texture, a different cool sound while also letting you maintain your breath. So... Keep fiddling around with that, and yeah, so those are a couple things that I can say help with breath control. Thank you for listening. I am Michael Wingate with Beatbox Corner, as it is now called, on Talkapella, and I will see you all next week. Thank you. Give me your, give me your, give me your attention, baby. Attention, Gonna tell you a little something about yourself.
Hey everyone, we've been talking with Dave from Ball in the House. I'm your host, John Lampus. We just talked a lot about, uh, I mean, group connection, connecting with each other, connecting with the audience, how what you do in your group and how you relate to each other affects your performance. Very, uh, very important discussion that I think more groups um, should have. So thank you, Dave, again for uh, coming on the show to talk to us about this. Uh, What I'd love to talk about now is kind of, um, you know, kind of Ball in the House's history because you guys have... You know, you're coming up on your 20, 20th year, right? This is the 20 year like anniversary and you're working on all that stuff. Um, for yeah, the it's reunion. coming up. That's, I mean, that's so exciting. I was worried I would not get a chance to talk with any of you beforehand because my boss was like, you know, they have their 20th anniversary coming up. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> got to move on that. Um, yeah, so cool. Yeah. Uh, Dave, if you just talk about kind of Ball in the House's history and your kind of relationship with uh, the acapella community, especially, especially as it's changed so much and really, especially the past like 10 years, uh, I'd love to hear about that because I think, you know, how people relate to their groups and sometimes define themselves by groups and then how those groups relate to the greater acapella world, especially in an acapella world that, in my opinion, has like done a complete 180 in the past 10 years. Um, I'd love to hear Absolutely. about that. Yeah, so you know, early on when we decided to write original music and really mm-hmm. go, you know, we wanted a record deal, we wanted a publishing deal early on. So one way we thought we had to do it was, you know, back when we were starting out, the acapella community was really small. So we figured, you know, let's let's perform for music lovers first. And then if it's acapella people, then great. But let's really get people who just love music and the fact that we're acapella will blow them away instead of, you know, they're used to it. So we started to build a huge following in Boston and then it started to branch out. And these are fans that will be at our 20th, you know, anniversary show. They've been with us through all these years. Yeah. So between the original music and, you know, whenever we would play a show, we would have an acoustic guitarist or a three piece band Mm -hmm. open up for us. So we would co-bill with, I don't know, like a, a looper or a, a DJ instead of another acapella group, just so that we could cross pollinate, you know, get get their fans into what we do and then our fans into what they do. Um, you know, and then the co-op commercials fell on our lap. 
Um, so for seven years, we did all the cool web stuff. And, you know, and I got to tell you, man, at first, like we were like, oh, this is embarrassing because like we're the cool whip guys. But then we started to think about it and how blessed we were to have that opportunity to mm -hmm. hear ourselves on the radio, you know, hear us on TV. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where we would walk out on stage and people would start chanting, do the cool whip, do the cool whip. <laughs> and let me tell you, man, we did it every time. And it was people would bring tubs of cool whip for us oh, to gosh. autograph. Like it was crazy. <laughs> but, you know, those are still fans that are still coming to shows. Yeah. So, you know, so we're always we were always trying to reach music lovers, you mm -hmm. know, first, you know, just people who just loved harmony. Um, you know, even now, I think we still have the same formula, you know, like a couple of years ago, we opened up for Patti LaBelle, like in California. And it was just a bunch of soul music lovers. And so we whipped out all of our 70s soul, soul music. That's that's, that's smart. <laughs> Yeah, man, and we're always just trying to play for the audience, yeah. you know, um, because again, it goes back to that it not being about us. But you know, I think for us to to have the longevity, it was really important for us to to hit the music lovers first, and then you know, and then the acapella community. Because you know, the fact is, man, to be honest, is that there's there's a lot of groups tighter than us, and there's a lot of groups that probably have like more um, complex arrangements than us, but you know, people will get 200 people up doing the Cupid shuffle at a show <laughs> yeah. or we'll, you know, have people doing the YMCA, mm -hmm. you know, it's all acapella, but they don't see that. They see it as, well, here's five guys who are just having a blast. And so it's all good. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny and it's so far so good. Like, you know, it's 20 years later and, yeah, <laughs> and it's been, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been a ton mm -hmm. of ups and a more downs than you want to hear. But um, it's been great, man. Yeah, I, I think this idea of you know relating to the acapella community, but also relating to just people in general, is really important because I think, especially with um, let's obviously you know the big example is Pentatonix. They kind of they had their style of acapella and they made it so big and it's gained so much momentum that it kind of broke out of acapella into the larger world, which, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. And that's done so sure. many amazing things, but I think there's something to be said for where you kind of start on the outside and are already kind of out there in, you're trying to reach the people directly rather than just, you know, performing for acapella lovers already, already having people who are kind of hooked in. I think it's really cool when you're trying to, bring other people kind of into that world with you. I know like my dad, he's doesn't really know what acapella is or he doesn't, you know, he knows from me, but to him, it's just, to him, it's just music at the choir concerts that he would go to. When I was a kid, it, there wasn't a real difference for him between when we did a piece with accompaniment or a piece that was popular or not, or uh, that a beatboxing or whatever. It was just a musical experience to him. And I think, um, yeah. when you contextualize it that way and when you kind of frame it to your audience through, uh, you know, the bands you open with or through the kind of repertoire you're doing or the kind of songs you choose and how you perform them. Uh, I think that's definitely an uphill battle, but it's one that is worth, um, it's it's an uphill battle that's worth fighting because I think by doing that, you show people, you, you have the two perspectives. One, you people might be like, hey, acapella is cool. Let me get into, us, into it. But on the other hand, it's like, this is something we really enjoy. And 
it doesn't matter if it's not exactly in the same form as everything else because it's still affecting us in the same way. And that's really cool to me that you can touch people that way and bring those people into that larger conversation of just music rather than this is the acapella world and where it's, which, hey, I love, I live in the acapella world, but it's, I think it's really cool to kind of be on the outside and then, and, uh, to see all the work you can do out there, essentially. Yeah. You know what's cool is that, so we have, we usually go into, uh, probably about 45% of our gigs is doing arts and education where we mm. go into elementary, middle schools, you know, just telling them about acapella, but, you know, it's educational and concert. And what we love is when we're in the inner cities because you'd be surprised how many kids in the, um, working class inner city neighborhoods they don't know acapella yeah you know the suburban schools that have three or four acapella groups yep. they get it that's what but I when had. we yep. go into yeah but when we go into the cities and we talk about our experiences and about sticking with the arts and you see them like they're connected because it's just we're bringing another option for them that, OK, well, I don't have to buy a piano. I can mm-hmm. just sing like I've been singing in church or like I've been singing at home. Maybe I can do this. So I think that's the way this community is going to grow. It's by reaching the the people that really don't know much about acapella and that see it as hey, this could be an option for me to maybe get a scholarship to college, maybe make more friends that aren't like me. You know, that's so important. So we're being booked in Baltimore City, in Trenton, in Newark, New Jersey, in all these inner cities. And it's a a trip. It's a trip because they are the most musical kids you could ever imagine. And this is where the music programs are almost zero. Yeah. You know, and it's so sad to see because you have these, they just don't have the funds to to support chorus teachers and music classes. So the fact that we're able to go in there and hopefully inspire these kids to find a way to have music in their lives, they're the future of, of what we're trying to do. And yeah. it's really awesome, man. And early on in the band, man, the school stuff was our nine to five because we wanted to be rock stars. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And now the older we get, we feel like, this is the path that God always wanted us on to go in and educate young people that really don't know much about, you know, acapella music. And so it's been crazy, man. It's been so great. It's been just such a great trip. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I really relate to that on a couple levels. One, I'm a music education major. I'm going to be teaching in a school nice. in, a, in a year or two, fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, that's super congratulations. important. Thank you. And, but I'm so lucky that I was able to find out I wanted to do singing in acapella and choir because I had that offered at my school. I remember when I was a little kid, I think I was in like second grade and the acapella choir, the show choir kind of thing came and toured all the elementary schools. And I was so lucky that I had the opportunity to see that as a kid and be like, whoa. And then, you know, I, I, then I reach high school and I see him again and I'm like, oh man, I have the opportunity because of my school to, they, they're giving me the opportunity to explore what I love. And I, you know, I have friends and family who are all like, you know, we're trying to figure out, um, you know, what we want to do with our lives. And that's just, it kind of comes down to, and I talk about this in my education classes a lot, you know, it, can the school offer you, can your school offer a kind of taste of all these different things? And will one of those things be what you end up loving to do? So 
when acapella groups go to schools and just be like, hey, this is what this is. You're just giving those kids who might be destined to do acapella or who might really, really enjoy that. And they might see that as, you know, whether it's acapella or music in general or choir or whatnot, they're seeing another option for themselves, a potential, um, like a potential life path or just something they really want to explore. Yeah. You know, Monty, who's our baritone, he went to Morgan Mm -hmm. State University. You know, he was able, and because of that chorus, he saw the world. He toured Europe and everywhere. Um, So it really is an option. And even if not to do it full time, just to use music to decompress from Mm -hmm. studies, from life, you know, just even listening to your favorite songs or singing harmony to whatever it's just you can use it just to decompress from life's, you know, the struggles that you might have. So, you know, and one thing we especially the middle school kids, man, play sports and play an instrument, you know, sing in chorus and play video games. You can do it all. Don't ever feel like you have to quit music yeah. to do something else. So it's it's important. It's an important, you know, it's important to tell these kids, you know, because we're not the music teacher telling them or we're not your parent. We're you know, five real guys life people. That, yeah, that just, you know, that are living their dream of making music. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, God, that must just be so rewarding getting that chance to see like, uh, you know, it's the whole like, you know, look on a child's face or just seeing them like connect with what you're doing. That's always been like the really big thing for me of because that's how I first realized that hey music's kind of cool it's because the school because the acapella group came and performed at my school yeah that was the coolest coolest thing and i remember uh when they came and performed i just had this gut reaction of wow and then that came back when i saw them again in high school and when i saw the acapella groups at my undergrad university it's that same feeling each time of they're using this really expressive art to show people really important, deeper meanings and relate to them. I mean, just having that opportunity, I know right now with um, Mountain Horns, my group right now, we're looking into touring around the elementary schools because that's just so many kids don't always get to see it. And I'd love to go into some areas that aren't as privileged because like you said, they don't, you know, the most they might get of acapella is just a YouTube video. Um, yeah, so it's absolutely. so important to just show them, Hey, this is a real thing. And it's not hard for groups to do that. And if anything, it's, it's benefits you, you expose yourself more, you integrate yourself more into the community. So I'd encourage any groups listening, any individuals or music directors, presidents, whatever presidents of groups listening to kind of make this investment in bringing your music to not only students and young kids, but kids who really need it. Because I think the uh it's you're gonna go more you're gonna get more out of it than just more facebook likes or more you know followers for your group on twitter you're gonna get some real you're gonna awaken something really emotional and you're gonna start something really important um that that i think uh, all groups should look into doing yeah well said Absolutely. thank you so dave uh if you could give like one piece of advice to just the random acapella average everyday joe who might be tuning into this who you know, maybe they're in an acapella group or maybe they want to be in an acapella group. Like what, what would your biggest piece of advice be? And I know that's a kind of, that's kind of a big question and we're, and we're having so many different kinds of listeners, which is so great about Acaville. But, you know, for, for those of us tuning in who are into acapella, what would your biggest um, piece of advice be as we wrap up this episode? You know, I think, you know, the, some of the biggest advice I could give is 
listening is just as important as singing, um, listening to your bandmates, you know, both on and off stage, that singing mm-hmm. backgrounds is just as important as singing the lead. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it carries the song, what you do in the backgrounds. Um, always be nice. You know, that's one thing that we're trying to tell everybody that when you're performing, um, always be nice to the ushers and the tech crew and the people who the stage hands, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, to every fan that you meet, you know, every fan that wants a thousand pictures, you just don't know where they're at. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a powerful position what we're in, you know, being in an acapella group, but also being performers, like we have the ability to change someone's life just for, even if it's just for 40 minutes, Yeah, you know, to take them to a place so that they can forget everything that they're going through. And so never take that for granted. Never take your past, what you've, whether it's a great school system, never take that stuff for granted and know that. There's always someone that's, you know, going to sing higher or that's going to look a certain way. But people always remember nice. They always remember respect. You know, for Ball in the House, you know, we've gotten a lot of um, rebooks because we were easy to work with. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't – there's no room for divas in a five-man group. (laughs) There's just no room for it. So. I don't know, man. And, and just have fun. Don't forget to have fun. Like, yeah. I feel like acapella now, like, I know that there's a bunch of groups that have like own cho- their own choreographers. And, you know, I think there's beauty in harmony. And I think that's, that should always, that should always be first, in my opinion. You know, um, early on in Ball in the House, we wanted to be a vocal band. We didn't want to be known as an acapella group because what, what people thought was doo-wop back in the day. And I got to tell you, we want to be an acapella group. Mm-hmm. We're ball in the house, the soul R&B acapella group, because we just love, we love vocals. We want to strip it all back and give you harmony. Um, harmony is a very powerful word. So um, we're loving it. I mean, we are really loving life and um, we're just so blessed to be able to still, I don't know if we got another 20 years in us. I mean, I'll have yeah. to have my <laughs> walker coming out on stage, but um but it's all good, man. You just keep it, keep it in the day. And you just, sometimes you just got to show up, even if you don't want to, you just show up and you never know whose life you can impact, you know, along the way. So. Absolutely. I think that's something all of us can really take to heart, regardless of whether we're in a five person group that just got started, yes. a group that's been around for, you know, 50 years at your university, any of these things, the theme that I think we've really touched on in this episode is inspiring and how we can inspire people yes, um, yes. and inspire each other. So I would say just really remember that it can be so easy, especially, you know, people say October is one of the hardest times of the year because it's, you know, you're really in the thick of it with school or whatever. It can be so easy to get bogged down and we got to tune this chord. We got to figure out what's going on with this. We got to book this thing. And it's, it's really important just like, you know, ball in the house does with their music, strip it back and look at the essence of what you're doing and the meaning behind it. And if you have that down, then the other stuff will take care of itself because everyone's going to be on the same page and they're going to recognize yes. what you're doing. The the Windjammers, the acapella group from my high school, the ones that came and performed when I was in elementary school, they didn't know that they were going to impact me that day. 
And that's, that's changed my life. That is easily changed my life. My choir directors changed my life, my voice teachers, all through this art that we are all sharing. Uh, and it's really important. So I guess the big thing is don't, don't get cynical. Don't get too wrapped up in all the details and just remember why you're doing it. And, uh, remember that what you're doing and what you're doing on stage and who you're doing it for, you know, it's going to inspire somebody and it's going to touch somebody and you just can't know who that's going to be. So absolutely. Um, boom. Yeah. Uh, this is a very heartfelt episode. I, I'm really, I'm really digging it. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be right back here on talk Appella with Dave from ball in the house. You're listening to community supported Acaville radio streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville. Leave the instruments at the door. Hey everyone, Amanda Tran here, your host to Tacapella's segment, Notable Coverage, where I spill the tea on the most covered songs in the acapella world. This week, for episode three, we're going to dive into Creep, originally performed by Radiohead in 1992. Creep is one of the most iconic songs spanning any genre, in my opinion. And because of this and my personal connections to it, I automatically roll my eyes every time I see a new acapella version of it or hear it yet again on the ICCA stage. Because the song is so prolific, it takes so much more for me to notice a cover version just because it's been overdone. The first version of Creep we're going to listen to is by Straight No Chaser. I'm sure this group is familiar to anyone who listens to acapella. Um... I took notice to this version mostly because they took a very unique choral-like approach to the arrangement. Um, There's a lot of unison singing in the melody um, and not too much variation in the actual arrangement, but I think this really made it an even more vulnerable performance of the song. Um, It's not the most like incredibly complicated arrangement, but again, um, sometimes less is more. And in this case, that totally rang true. version of Creep we're going to listen to is by Street Corner Symphony. This name probably sounds familiar because they were indeed the season two finalists of NBC's The Sing-Off, and they are originally from Nashville. Now, the soloist in this version has the most quintessential alt-rock crossover pop voice that you could have, and it's honestly perfect for the song. Um, They totally did it justice, and you can very much hear the musicianship that each of the voices have in this group. Um... The production is super clean on the studio version and translates so well to the live stage version that they did on the show. So I definitely appreciate arrangements that work both ways, as you guys may have heard in previous episodes, but Street Corner Symphony totally did it with this one.
version of Creep that you guys should know about is by the Penn Counterparts. They're from the University of Pennsylvania, and they were founded in 1981. They describe themselves as a jazz and pop acapella group, which I love. Um, This version initially caught my eye in my deep, deep YouTube hole research session when I saw that it was a collaboration between the group and the Arts House Dance Company. You don't see acapella and dance being combined together too often, but I do hope that we do see it more often because these two groups demonstrated that the two beautiful art forms can create an even more beautiful project when working together. Um, The video got the Casa Acapella Video Award in 2016 for Best Mixed Collegiate Video, and it is totally deserved. Outside of the video, the soloist definitely caught my ear and eye because it was a female voice. Not that a female voice on Creep is too uncommon these days, just because there are tons of covers of the song, but she executed it perfectly. Um, She has such a nice indie pop voice quality and has so much control and so much intent in every phrase that she performed. so much again for hanging out with me here at notable coverage if you guys have any questions comments suggestions anything like that feel free to tweet me at amanda tran rocks that is at amanda tran r-o-c-k-s i hope you guys had a fun time hearing these versions of creep and i'll see you next time on Tacapella. bye guys and welcome back to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. I've been talking with Dave Giusti from Ball in the House. We've had a really hey. important discussion today. Uh, it's been super fun about, right I mean, I've been about a lot of stuff. If, you ha- if you're just tuning in now, tune in again on Saturday when this airs, because uh, there's a lot of important things we're talking about that applies to not just, uh, you know, acapella group or even acapella group leaders, but to everyone making music. Uh, it's really important. The theme of this episode was inspire. I'm feeling inspired. This is uh, really, really yeah, uplifting. Thank you, Dave, again, so much for coming on. Uh, so if people want to uh, see what Ball in the House is all about, want to follow you guys on all the social media or whatever, how could they do that? Yeah, so we're all over, you know, Instagram, we're on Facebook, um, ballinthehouse.com is our website. Um, you know, every week we come out with a new music video on YouTube. So just... Yeah. You know, just go to our website. You'll see all sorts of links. Um, we have our, you know, 20-ish anniversary <laughs> show coming up, um, which we're really excited about. But we also have a brand new uh, live CD that's Ooh. about to hit on Friday, which we're excited about. It's called Whoa. Blow the Note. Oh, man. So, I didn't know that was happening. Heck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Can I tell you, man, we totally forgot about it because we're so wrapped <laughs> up with the anniversary show. I believe Johnny that. said, yeah, Johnny was like, hey, man our live CD is going to come out. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, and Scott Shattuck um, out of Utah, um, he mixed the whole thing and he's fantastic. And uh, 
but it's a great CD. We're super proud of it. It's a live CD. Um, just really just old school, some original stuff. We'll have something for everybody, some contemporary stuff. And so it's called blow the note. Uh, you can check that out. And, um, yeah, all of our music is on iTunes. Like just remember if you're an acapella group, man, you're gifted. Like, you know, you're gifted or you wouldn't be in the group. Just have fun. Have fun and reach as many people as you can because that's, you know, it is. It's all about inspiring people yeah. as you go. And um, just keep keep looking up and keep doing your thing. You know, keep making beautiful music. The world needs it. Lord knows the yep. world needs it. Everyone needs it. Uh, I I can only echo those awesome words and just everyone keep, keep singing, keep doing what you're doing because it's important. The world can be really, uh, I, I've never literally talked about the world on Tacapella, but this is an episode that deserves it. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty dark and scary place sometimes, but it is important for us to keep making music throughout all of this because that uh, that's what keep, keeps us all going. And that's what we're all trying Amen. to get to. When everything, let's say the world's perfect and everything's said and done, we're, we're going to want to sit back and listen to some music because that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's what we're all going towards. So enjoy it right now while we have it. If you're in a group, great for you if you want to join a group do it uh and everyone if you want to get a hold of me i am on twitter and instagram at john lampus talk to me about acapella and when you've been inspired in acapella i would love to hear about that that's that's the stuff that really gets you through the week that's what gets you through the mondays which is when we're recording this and then uh follow the station at acaville radio uh we are everywhere on twitter instagram uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Dave, for an amazing episode of Talk My Pella. pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank Yes, thank you. You're very welcome. So, everyone, that is it for this week's episode of Talk Appella. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're going to hand, uh, hand it over to Greg for his segment, Greg's Take, where he takes some listener questions. And that's going to do it. For everything acapella, stay tuned. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio. Online at Acaville.org. Acaville, a wall of sound you won't want to break down. And welcome back to Tacapella. This is Greg's Take, the segment in which I answer your listener questions. So this week we have two new questions we're going to tackle, and these questions are more about kind of my own personal experiences. So it's going to be kind of an interesting segment for me, at least. I'm going to talk a bit about my acapella experiences. So the first question is, what is your favorite acapella group to listen to? Now, there are definitely some great groups out there. Um, I really like Pentatonix, but I think I might have to go with Straight No Chaser. I think they're very clever with a lot of their songs, and I love a lot of kind of the choreography and the moves they do as well. I just think it's, you know... I just think they're a really unique group and they do a lot of really awesome things and they're really creative too. Like the other 12 days of Christmas where they involve um, Africa by Toto. It's just, you know, I don't know how they think of some of this stuff. And then there's their song all about that bass, except they're talking about um, like bass singers as opposed to tenors. And it's, they're just very clever and I love a lot of the stuff that they do. So I got to give it to straight new chaser. The next question is, what is your favorite personal acapella moment? Now, this is kind of a complicated question to answer simply because I'm not sure there's just one moment that stands out to me. Um, I think 
the overall experience I had at the end of my freshman year at UW when I was part of um, then the Huskies, now Fermata. The performance that we gave was just a really rewarding experience there, simply because um, the group had some issues with drama that term, um, spring quarter. It almost seemed like the group might fall apart early on in spring, simply because we lost a few members and there was some disagreement about where the group was going to go. And it was a small group during spring quarter. There were only 12 of us. And yet we really, you know, pulled it together. We did our best to make do with, you know, the numbers that we had and the songs we had. And we put on a performance that's probably not on par with where Fermata is right now, almost certainly not. But considering how new of a group we were, it was our really our first year. And considering what we had been through, it was a very good performance for what it was. And it really stands out to me as just what what's possible when members of a group really, you know, pull it together and do their best to, you know, make music happen. I would say that I do have to give a few honorable mentions, though. I definitely have to, because the final concert I gave in the Timberman, well, actually not the final concert. This was um, the concert we gave at um, the Acapella Extravaganza in November of 2015. That was a very fun um, performance, because I felt like we really got to feature every member of the group. It was our first time being a five-person group, and we really gave everyone kind of a good amount of airtime. And the group really had a good feel to it uh, that semester. This was fall semester of the 2015-2016 school year. This was my last semester in the group, and actually John's last semester as well. I feel like our program had a lot of different songs from a lot of different genres. I feel like we were kind of experimental a lot. Like we did my arrangement of Fly Me to the Moon, which is, as John likes to point out, very difficult but it was something very different that I don't think too many acapella groups at UPS really tried. It was kind of more of a jazz-type arrangement. And then we also did some pop songs. We also did I'll Make a Man Out of You from Disney's Mulan. We did a lot of different things and featured every member of the group. And I really just felt like it was a, it was a very good performance to end on for me, and I would assume for John as well. One more honorable mention I'll bring up is the longest performance that John and I participated in with the Timberman, um, which was during April of 2015, where we actually had a 12-song set, and we had an intermission and everything, and it really felt like we were a real group at the time. And that does it for this week of Greg's Take. If you have a question you would like me to answer on this segment— Feel free to email me at gastarr at seattleschools.org or find me on Twitter at gregstarstake or you can also find Ockaville Radio on Twitter. And perhaps your question will be addressed in next week's segment. But until then, take some time to listen to acapella.